Hi, my name is Maeve Doyle, and you are listening to A Private View. On today's show, I'm talking to the artist Cooper. He was in London from Los Angeles, where he lives now, although he was born in Indiana, to do some paintings for Maddox Gallery. Cooper had an interesting 2018 where he worked with rapper Nipsey Hussle to paint a a signature wildfire design on a basketball court. The story is incredibly moving and uh, took me to places I didn't think I'd go. I hope you enjoy this podcast with Cooper. He will have a show in 2022 at Maddox Gallery. Thank you for listening. Welcome to London. Thank you to coming for coming to Soho Radio today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm really happy you're here. You haven't been to London before, have you? First time. Yeah. yeah. First I know. I keep asking you where you are, and you're like, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yesterday, when we were walking and talking, getting to know each other, I asked you what made you think that you were an artist or could actually pursue a life in the arts. I know you went to art school. I went to art school. I know you were born in Indiana. Mm-hmm, correct. If anyone wants a- an idea of Indiana who doesn't know about it, David Letterman was also born there. He went to Ball State. So on Ball State's campus, we have a whole building that he has given back to and he donates every year. I mean, yeah, he's one of the big people from there. So that's Have you met cool. him? No, unfortunately... He might have came back one time in those four years to give a speech, and I was not in town there. So, If anyone's <clears throat> aware of the David Letterman show, he often talks about Indiana and mm-hmm. how not, not a lot of cultural... Right. It was very interesting, but it's not an epicenter of museums and galleries and not at all. art collectors. So mm-hmm. here you are, Indiana, you go to art school there, mm-hmm. and take it away. Tell us your story. Yeah, so I guess... I got into the art school at Ball State University there. There's a four-year program. Um, so I graduated with a graphic design degree. Initially, wanted to go for more, you know, fine art, but uh, those are a little more risky, I guess, once you come out of that, um, you know, kind of what are you going to do? Um, so we went with graphic design and... From there, you know, I just remember walking across the stage, um, not applying to any jobs or anything. So I was like, I I can't sit and, you know, just work on my computer. I got to be hands on. So I was kind of just rebelling in a way of like, yeah, I I don't want to get a job. Um, Not that I didn't want to work. I feel like I'm a workaholic. But so then graduated, moved in with my buddy for two weeks and actually bought some painting supplies and I started painting so slow at that time you know I mean it was I was going to make no money at that point I had no experience and things like that and then I got a random call from a Spanish record label in Miami that had found my Instagram and loved my graphic design and was you know offered me a job there to you know work on record label or um record art and just do all the in-house stuff for their artists and stuff. So, you know, I packed up that day, went down to say goodbye to my parents and I moved to Miami the next day. Um, So that was, that was a blessing to start putting some money into my pocket. And I had never been to Miami before. And it was also in Wynwood. So I was in the epicenter of art in my, uh, you know, Florida. What, what month? Was it was it Miami Art Fair? Was it no? Well, so November, I, I guess December? I would have I would have graduated I guess in April, say. So then 
you know, May, I probably would have moved there. And then I'm like, what is this place? I've never even heard of Wynwood. And, you know, you have all these buildings with murals and stuff like that. So then, you know, I start working for this record label, making some money. What is this place? Um, Yeah, yeah. I was just like, it just blew my mind. You know, I loved it. And um, so then starting to save up some money like that and, you know, kind of the day to day, it was good, but I wasn't expressing myself and expressing my own art. So then I was going on Craigslist and finding buildings around Wynwood, just small little things where people would say, you know, free, free wall, come and bring your own paint and then do it. So I was taking all of my money that I was making almost weekly, going and buying paint painting my own art and then taking a photo and then putting it online and just trying to, you know, get something out there, find my way, you know, because you have to do it. So, I mean, you know, I was still... And Miami's <clears throat> an intense place. It was very intense. Yeah. Um, and someone, especially like me from Indiana, who's not experienced that. So, yeah, all my money was going straight to rent and the rest was going to art. So, I, I was doing that. So, that happened for about a year. And then by that time, I was kind of painting at night when I would get home and stuff and uh, saved up all that I could. And after one year, I was like, you know, I'm ready to kind of try to go out and do something on my own, start making some money on my own more. So I drove up from Miami to Indiana, got three of my best friends. We got in a car and we drove to Los Angeles and we moved to Los Angeles. We had no place, nothing. We slept in Airbnb out there for three or four days while we looked for um, an apartment. We finally found one. My, you know, there's four of us. It's a three bedroom. That's all we could afford. So one of my buddies had to sleep in the living room. And, you know, it, it was just kind of from there, you know, I had to hit the ground running. I didn't have a lot, you know, to my name and stuff. So, um, you know, I started wearing a lot of vans then and I noticed, you know, people were painting on them out there and stuff like that. So I just got some paint and the first one sold, you know, I think I sold them for like $250 on my Instagram. And I was like, whoa, you know, I painted them in two days and I made that. So then I just started painting vans 24 seven up all night. I'd have 20 pairs of vans in my bedroom and I'm just painting them and stuff like that. Just making money, you know, trying to you know, figure it out, figure out my way. And um, then after one year of doing that, two of my buddies moved back home to Indiana. And then myself and my other buddy who is in tech. So he basically just stayed in his room the whole time. Um, We had a really good work environment there and he let me have the living room. So that was kind of like my first makeshift studio. So that's when I first started getting larger canvases and stuff there. And, you know, basically it was just trial and error, doing some stuff and then putting them online. And they just started, you know, just everything just started selling. It was just, it was fantastic. So do you think your Instagram account had something to do with that? For sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. Without that, I couldn't have navigated this whole thing. I, I couldn't imagine living even 20 or 30 years ago and trying to figure out how to do this on my own, coming from a small city and trying to get exposure just a little bit along the way to keep it going. I don't, I don't even know how I, you would have done that then, you know. So that and, that was yeah, Instagram for sure. I noticed even by talking to you and being out with you last night, you have a, a great 
memory and of, you retain visuals because you'd know if we went to something you'd say i saw that on instagram mm -hmm. or i know this from instagram or i know that artist so mm -hmm. it it actually really works as kind of a study method for yeah. you as well yeah it does you know so many people are going to be interested in in your experience with nipsey hustle and that project mm -hmm. and also just the few days before that, what that project meant to you on a personal level, where yeah. you were at in your life, and yeah. how long you'd been in Los Angeles when you, when you got that call. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I was in LA just kind of doing vans, and then I started doing some canvases. Um, and that's really when I developed uh, my wildflower. If you look at my work, my wildflower is kind of... Uh, more of like this street artwork flower that I designed. It's kind of my representation of me in life. It's got, you know, funky little vines everywhere. It's got an eye in it. It represents, you know, humans too, but it's also a flower. So I think that's, to me, that just re represents ultimate growth at the end of the day. So kind of all that combined was something that I started trying to brand myself with. Um, so I, I just started drawing a bunch of those and coloring them and putting them on my Instagram. And then slowly, smaller companies were hitting me up, say, hey, we like that. Do a wildflower mural here or there. And then I'd say my first bigger one, it's a well-known company, would probably be WeTransfer, a file sharing company. And um, they didn't want to pay me, unfortunately, but I had nothing else. You know, I, I needed to get that exposure and this and that at that time. So... I said, yeah, okay, let's do it. They had, they brought, they bought the paint. You know, I still had to spend a week or two of my time and I did that. And I remember sitting there, sitting on top of one of the paint buckets, finishing the black outlines of my stuff the last day. And, um, you know, I was like, damn, you know, I didn't get any money for this, but you know, I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try to put this out there to as many people as I can. And, uh, um, I just got a random email. I don't even know to this day how they got my email. But, um, you know, it was a email from Puma stating that they had a project that they wanted to do ASAP next week with one of their clients, Nipsey Hussle, who I had listened to in college, very well known everywhere, um, especially in the L.A. area. And they wanted me to paint my wildflowers on one of their basketball courts. And this basketball court was where Nipsey Hussle would jump the fence with his friends and play basketball when he, when he was a kid. So it was very special to him and his friends. Um, so of course, you know, the next day I met them at the school, Puma, and then Nipsey showed up too. And I just remember, you know, standing there with the Puma team and, and then, you know, Nipsey pulls up and then, you know, just seeing him for the first time, he was such a, uh, radiating just energy i mean just to be in his present presence and um you know we talked through it that day i went home and you know drew up some mock-ups sent them back over we got it figured out within a week and then the next week um you know i showed up with paint and you know started painting and that took you know about a week or so um it was fun because it was roped off and the kids kept you know, coming up to the rope and say, hey, what are you doing? You know, talking. And, you know, sometimes they'd run on the court and one of the teachers would have to pull them off and stuff because they get paint on their shoes and then, you know, run back and kind of mess it up. But it, it was fine. Um, so we did that. And then you're easygoing. You're good with people yeah. in groups. I know essentially you're a loner, but when yeah. you're with people. Mm -hmm. So then um, we, we had the I got done and then we had a kind of. Um, 
like event, an event where Nipsey and then the Puma team came, you know, they're shooting stuff and he gave, all the kids came out, he gave a big speech to all the kids, um, you know, what the court meant, this and that. He gave every kid a free pair of shoes, a backpack and $10,000 to the school for resources of whatever they needed that day right there. And that was... You know, he made an impact on you. Oh, a huge impact on me and the kids in the school. And, um, you know, he he was so well-known and famous. I mean, he signed to Jay-Z, you know, someone that everyone knows in the world. And I remember Nipsey getting there, me being nervous of like, oh, my gosh, I hope everyone likes this and this and that. And, you know, he got there with his team and he walked out on the court. And I'm, of course, looking right at him. I'm like, oh, gosh. And then, you know, he's looking around and then, you know, he looks over at me and he says, this is dope. I like it. And he smiles at me. And I was just like, you know, my heart melted like, you know, okay, good. I'm accepted now. He likes my art. This means a lot to me. You know, that's like... acceptance for my art you know i'm going in the right spot so then he gave the speech the kids got all of their stuff and then you know we went um our separate ways um and then right before um that project right before i went and got the paint i remember getting home that day after i got that email saying hey cooper you know we want you to do this and i remember sitting on my couch and just looking at my bank account, like I talked to you about yesterday, and I had $87 in my bank account. And I had rent due, $660 in two weeks. And I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? And then Puma, you know, they offered me $15,000 to paint that court. And they paid me the next day. So to me, that's like a million dollars at that time. You just, so much stress came off my back of like, okay, I can just be free and paint here. And then I can go and have the rest of the year and just paint and be creative and pull money from those projects, you know. And, you know, like we talked about, I just knew in that moment, like, you just, if I just keep going, it's going to work out. That was how many years ago? Three or four. I mean, I've been in Indiana for two, so it could be around four years, I believe now. more significantly, it was months, only months before Nipsey wasn't with us anymore. Yes, when we painted that, I believe it was around three months after where he was shot and killed just a mile away from that court at his clothing store. He was there. And I mean, his whole, that whole area, I mean, he, everyone knew him. He gave out free clothes to everyone. He was a living legend. And yeah, unfortunately, someone, you know, who was angry and things Sounds like he influenced a lot of people in his short life and and actually set them up for uh, success. Success. Yeah, he helped you. Positive vibes. Mm -hmm. That good vibration that you're talking about, he certainly spread it around. I know I know you won't allow any negativity into your life. The second it comes, it's gone. And that also shows on your work. So if anyone's listening and wants to look at Cooper's work, Mm -hmm. your Instagram is I am dot Cooper. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and if I go back now and talk about your influences and the artists that you like, I know mm-hmm. we mentioned David Hockney, mm-hmm. Jonas Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another one, on. Hilary Petchus. Um, I just found out about her recently, but she also has a very uplifting, positive, uh, kind of easy on the eyes artwork that I really enjoy and um, have taken some inspiration from. Yeah, those three would say, I would say those are my um, 
you know, biggest influences that I've studied and, you know, are drawn to for my own inspiration. It's funny. Sometimes when people hear being positive and sticking to positive, they think that, oh, th this person hasn't suffered. They haven't had to deal with anything. Um, you know, what happens when something bad does happen? Then where does all your positive mm -hmm. energy go? Uh, any comments? I mean, of course, I've been through a lot, um, you know, but are you going to let that affect you and affect your work? You can, I think an artist has to put themselves into the work. Um, and I just try to, you can't hold grudges. You can't hold things in. You got to let things go. And I can't, I don't want to let that, I don't want to let other people in that affect what I want to put into this world. So I'm going to put that down and just continue to walk and, you know, put my own positivity out there. That's, that's what I want to put. And no matter what I'm affected by, that's what I'm going to keep sharing. Cooper and I have what I think is the natural rapport. And we just ate through this time. And I hope that you're here again when you have an upcoming show at Maddox Gallery. I think this, everyone can benefit from uh, what you're doing with your artwork. It's light, it's bright, it's optimistic. And after 18 months pandemic, it's like a breath of fresh air. So yeah. I'm so glad that you make the work that you do. Mm -hmm. If anyone wants to look further at Cooper's work, I am Cooper on Instagram, or you can go to his website, which is cooperart.me. Correct. It's beautifully laid out. His past studies in graphic design certainly set him up for presentation that's second to none. Thank you for listening to A Private View. Thank you, Cooper, for Thank you for having me us. so much. You've been listening to Maeve Doyle's Private View. I am an art critic and artistic director at Maddox Gallery. This podcast is brought to you courtesy of Maddox Gallery. The music is by Korshid Homi, and it's produced by Will Fitzpatrick at Soho Radio. Thank you for listening. Thank you.